Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So grab your board. We're going to catch a wave and ride the latest pipeline out there in the ocean with that uh, wandering pirate of the Caribbean himself, Matt Hines. Yeah, a few years ago, that would have been a nice analogy. (laughs) Get a little old. (laughs) Number one... Number one at the box office this week, so, you know. Well, people will watch anything, apparently. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think uh, Silver Surfer, Guardians of the Galaxy, those were better better movies, better analogies. So we'll keep working on it. All right, we'll keep working. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Excited to have everyone with us again, as we are every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, uh, for those of you joining us at the live show. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, for those of you who are new, thanks for joining us. We feature sales and marketing experts in B2B every week in a conversation about what's new, what's working, what's different, what's not working in B2B sales and marketing and pipeline development. You can always catch us on our podcast as well. We are on iTunes as well as Google Play, and uh, you can catch every episode on demand at salespipelineradio.com. I am really excited today to be featuring uh, two of the architects of the demand unit waterfall from Serious Decisions uh, with us today are Terry Flaherty and Carrie Cunningham, who just two weeks ago uh, debuted uh, the new demand unit waterfall on stage at the Serious Decisions Summit in Las Vegas. Terry and Carrie, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So for, for, for many of you listening are probably well aware of the Serious Decisions you know, Demand Waterfall. Uh, first launched about 14 years ago. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people take for granted terms like sales qualified lead, marketing qualified lead, and the you know, SQL, MQL sort of acronyms. They've become really sort of common nouns uh, and common language in the marketing uh, B2B marketing world. And most people, I think maybe people don't really realize it. I mean, you guys invented that. I mean, those those are... Those are creations of, of serious decisions, and really, you guys have pioneered that and sort of led that space for years. This year, with the introduction of the demand unit waterfall, a lot of things really change, and I think a lot of things change for the better. Maybe give people sort of the the, the one minute history of the demand waterfall, where it had come, and then why uh, did you decide to change it so dramatically this year? Yeah, I'd be glad to, man. So. Uh, I think, as everybody knows, in 2006, we, we launched the first waterfall, um, and, and it became pretty much the industry standard, as you said, around defining key stages in the lead management process. In 2012, we had a new waterfall, right? And the reason we changed the waterfall in 2012 was we saw changes in technology, and we, ch- we saw changes in process. So things like marketing automation getting huge amount of traction and, and you know, people starting to adopt you know, new processes like lead scoring, that had huge impact on lead management process and, and also like tele became much more important in organizations and, and we also had requests when we not launched the original waterfall to give insight into not just marketing generated demand but sales and, and tele generated demand so in 2012 uh, we announced the new waterfall we called it the re-architected waterfall right and, and that introduced some new stages it gave visibility in the lead scoring it, it gave visibility into the input and, t- and output of tele uh, and we also had stages so we could see you know, tele-generated demand and sales-generated demand in addition to the marketing-generated demand, right? So that was 2012, but you know, now that brings us to today, and over the last five years, we continue to see changes in both process and technology, right? And um, you know, some of the changes we start to, to see now is 
people starting to rethink what the buyer, who the buyer is. And, and, and you know, a lot of work's been done on personas, a lot of work's being done around recognizing now uh, that we really want to target groups of personas. So that was one big key driver, right? The, the second is, you know, before the waterfall started, when somebody had a direct connection with us, but if we look back at, at marketing investment and marketing effort, there's a lot of stuff that happens before somebody directly interacts with you. And, and so we thought it was important to, to look at that part of, of the lead management process and the, and the demand management process and, and, and put some structure on how we think about stages before we have a direct connection with, with our prospect. Uh, and then the third thing was, was this big huge focus on account-based marketing, and, and that starts to change um, how we think about what we measure, and, and you know, it starts to put some structure around like who's the buyer? Is the account the buyer? Is the the prospect the buyer? So all those things kind of work together to to lead us to you know, two weeks ago where we introduced a new domain unit waterfall uh, to address things like you know when do we start actually tracking somebody in the process? Who really is the buyer, and, and how do they move through through a lead management process if we're changing kind of the concept of what a buyer is? Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Terry Flaherty and Carrie Cunningham from Serious Decisions, who just two weeks ago launched the new demand unit waterfall. You can learn more about that uh, at their website uh, at seriousdecisions.com. That's S-I-R-I-U-S decisions.com. Or if you just Google demand unit waterfall, you're going to find about 2,000 photos of the of the, <laughs> yeah, of the funnel that were live tweeted directly at the conference. Uh, and, and it's a, what I like. I like a lot of things about it. I like that it's, it, it sort of eliminates the sales versus marketing. The you know, you've got uh, it's a, it's a simpler uh, format, which is you know has its pros and cons, and we'll get into that. But I also I really like the idea of the demand unit. Talk a little more about the demand unit, how that's differentiated from a lead as well as an account, and why that matters so much. Yeah, sure thing. Great question, and, and something that we've been thinking about for quite a while. It really starts with understanding the the nature of the disconnect between marketing and sales that has still existed, and we've been talking about it for a long time. Marketing still has been really focused on leads and inquiries at the top of the waterfall, sales saying we don't really care about those things at all, just get us some opportunities that we can get into our pipeline and close. And, you know, we think also about account-based marketing and the way that people uh, talk about account-based marketing, using the word account all the time, but then kind of knowing that that's not really what we mean because if an account is a company we know that we've got multiple opportunities to sell something within uh, those accounts you know, many times. This demand unit it was our, really our attempt to define what do we actually mean when we talk about the buyer. It has to be people because uh, people actually do the buying, but it isn't going to be one person in B2B most of the time. It's going to be a group of people that are acting together. Uh, and so that's the first really important piece of it is it's a group of people acting together and they're acting together to solve a particular problem or set of problems for their organization. And so really what Serious Decisions has been saying forever is if you want to understand your buyer, you've got to start with their needs. And so right at the center of this demand unit is that set of needs that you solve for your uh, potential buyers. And then there's the people around that uh, need who are charged with addressing it. Uh, right? And when you put those two things together, that's the demand unit. And really, demand unit sounds a little wonky at first, but when you think about it, it really is the fundamental unit of demand that you have to define uh, at the top of the waterfall and even before so that you can uh, identify them when you see them and then attract, engage, qualify, and, and move them through the buying process. So that 
that's how we were thinking about it. We have a lot of different analogies for it, atoms, molecules, uh, all different ways of thinking about what that unit of demand is. But ultimately, we thought, you know, because it is literally that's the unit that we're trying to uh, attract and engage, that that's what we would call it. Well, and you reference you reference account-based marketing as something that you know was certainly considered in building this. And you know, one of the challenges I have a couple challenges with account-based marketing. First of all, it implies that it is a marketing function. I think account-based work mm-hmm. in general works best when it's integrated between sales and marketing. But also, it is it, it sort of it pivots on the account. And, and I want to and you know, demand unit may be kind of a funny thing to say, but I think the orientation as something that can have multiple units within an account that isn't necessarily tied to an individual makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, what this also does, as I mentioned, is it sort of eliminates a little bit of the distinction between what is sales, what is marketing, and just talks about this demand unit we're trying to engage and convert. I think, how, how have you heard from some of your clients and others you talked to even at the conference, what kind of feedback have they had relative to what that means for them in integrating their sales and marketing efforts? Because I know, that, although a lot of companies talk about that and have tried to do that, Actually, operationalizing an integrated approach between sales and marketing is sometimes a lot easier said than done. What does this imply about that, and what are you seeing as primary challenges uh, and roadblocks to making that happen actually in the field? Yeah, so, so, so that's a great question, right? And so in the waterfall today, one of the, one of the big comments we hear when, about the new waterfall is what happened to marketing generated and qualified, and where's sales qualified, right? And, and, and what we've done in, the, in this waterfall, the, the old waterfall basically looked at the organizational structure, we had marketing and tele and sales, and, and that was static. And then what we were looking at was sort of the progression of demand through that org structure. Uh, now what we've done is flipped it and said, Let, let's define the key stages that demand has to progress through. And, and, and that's true whether it's a net new customer or a new offering into an existing customer. For us to sell something, right, there has to be that buying group that has to be in need. And that demand's going to progress through stages from, you know, potential target all the way through through close. So now what's static is essentially the, the stages of demand progresses through. And, and what we'll do or what we do in the waterfall is lay in or overlay roles and responsibilities based on our go-to-market strategy. So, you know, we're, we absolutely still need accountability and we still need divine roles in, in the process of what's marketing going to do, what's sales going to do, and what's tele going to do. But it's a very holistic joint effort that, that we're advocating now, right? And it starts at the top. The, fir- the first stage in the new waterfall is target demand. And, and it's really critical that that's the potential. How many potential opportunities or demandings do we believe exist in this market segment, and, and it's critical that marketing and sales collaborate together and agree on market definition and agree on market size, right? So that's a great example of a stage in a waterfall where it really is both responsible for, for aligning and coming to that conclusion that there's a thousand potential opportunities for this solution in these target markets. And, um, and, and then, you know, we, we absolutely do still need to say, okay, in, our, in this go-to-market strategy, you know, marketing may take the first few stages. They'll get it to the point where we have, you know, what we think is a, a sales-ready demand unit, and then we'll pass to sales, or maybe there's a telegroup involved also. Um, but but the overall, you know, structure of the waterfall now is let's look at the progression of demand, and then we can overlay different go-to-market strategies on top of that. Yeah, I love that it starts now with the addressable market, right, which is, is something that a lot of, I think a lot of marketers haven't really thought about, right? You just sort of, you, you say, okay, well, here's who I'm talking to, and here's the number of leads I want. You know, sometimes you don't step back and say, well, is it really realistic to think that 80% of our addressable market is going to become a lead in the next 12, 12 months? Is this, 
Now, you guys spend a lot of time thinking about the role in the integration between sales, marketing, and product as well. Is, that, is this an area where the product team and the product planners can really provide support to the waterfall as well to ensure that the, that the denominator uh, that you're starting from is accurate and, and uh, you know, really approachable? Yeah, you're spot on, and that was by stealth almost uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is drive alignment, not just between marketing and sales, but also all the way up to product, because you know, ultimately in, in a lot of organizations, it's product who's really defining who the buyer is and doing all the work or really understanding what those needs are, and is, you know, usually has a number that's something that has, that they're accountable for, that's something around the target market and, and what percentage of it they're going to uh, sell to and all of that. So they're the, they've been the holders of that information in a lot of organizations, but that information wasn't necessarily related at all to what marketing said as goals. And sometimes what marketing said as goals weren't really very closely related to what sales had because marketing was talking about this this unit that was a lead uh, and leads and, and opportunities are, are just not related to each other uh, in the math very well. So it was really important for us uh, to combine it. And actually one of the slides in our presentation uh, is one uh, where we defined what the buying group was starting from the market on down to the account, then buying center, and then the buying group. And it's funny that Terry and I came up with a slide for representing that. We showed it during our review process to the person who's been running our portfolio marketing forever. And she had a slide in her presentation that was almost exactly the same thing. We thought, okay, I think we got it right this time. We, we really converged on the same view of the market. Uh, so that was really important for us, and we think it's, uh, it's going to be a really help to uh, B2B organizations going forward. That's awesome. We're talking to Terry Flaherty and Terry Cunningham from Serious Decisions today on Sales Pipeline Radio, talking about the new demand unit waterfall, what it means, how it's changed, and the impact on marketers moving forward. And you know, it's, it's been it's it's a great uh, adjustment for marketers to rethink sort of their role and their approach. Uh, what I've seen in some organizations is, especially you know non-tech and more traditional organizations that may have been very sales driven and maybe it's really sales driven cultures initially, where you know marketing has been a little more of the arts and crafts department. So to speak, and uh, so you know, you know, I, you know, are you seeing evidence that the, that the new demand unit waterfall can help impact those companies uh, that are thinking about uh, sort of how to sort of create a more demand-centric, revenue-responsible marketing organization from the get-go? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what's been interesting, we, we get a lot of questions around, you know, in, in organizations, I, I just had a call, you know, an hour ago, and, and this organization somewhat immature in their process. Uh, you know, they know that they want to improve their lead management process and become more of a data-centric, data-driven organization. And, you know, their debate and their question is, you know, do we progress, do we go to the old waterfall first and then move to the new waterfall, or what's the best for the deployment strategy, and, and you know the, the beauty of the new waterfall is I think it's simpler and easier to socialize internally and, and, and put some structure around the, these stages where everybody in the organization gets it and it inherently makes sense. Um, and, and so you know they're going directly to the new waterfall. We're talking about implementation strategies with them uh, that make it you know very straightforward for them to be able to deploy this. And and, and you know everybody's really excited uh, just because it gives them a way to have common definitions, common process, and start to put quantification around, you know, how marketing is adding value, how sales is adding value, how the whole organization, um, you know, is going to grow. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think that you know, the, we could say demand unit itself may be a wonky term, but the overall format and approach of the waterfall, I think it's easier to explain. It's easier for us an executive team that may not be immersed in the marketing world to understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, I find it's easier to speak the CFO's language when you're a marketer versus explain to them new acronyms sometimes. So, you know, talking about addressable market and available demand and then interested engagement, I mean, the, these stages of demand units just, I think, make a lot more sense uh, and are a lot easier for a lot more organizations to wrap their arms around. So thanks, Matt. And, and, and the key thing, I think, what's really powerful with the demand unit, and you touched on it earlier, uh, is it's really you know, sort of a single opportunity within an account. But, but another key element we added or we introduced at, at Summit was uh, you know, how we apply demand units at an account level, which, which is what we call a demand map. Right? And so the demand map basically helps organizations, you know, visualize and quantify how many different potential opportunities are there for our company in this account, right? And, and it's a structure that looks at the potential different buying groups that we're targeting. It looks at the needs and looks at the solutions and, and helps us put, you know, some structure around account-based marketing from the perspective of these are the potential opportunities we're targeting. Here's how we can then measure our progression of these different, you know, different opportunities that exist in that organization. And, and so, you know, the last call I had, they, they had nine potential opportunities in a typical account. And, and those opportunities may range from, hey, they're just conceptually potential opportunities that exist on paper because, you know, that an organization of this size in this industry should have this business pain to here's some where we verify and we know they're trying to solve this business pain. And, and here's some where they're actually customers already. We close these opportunities. And, and so that demand map, you know, really becomes a strategic backplane of how do we quantify the potential and then how do we define our go-to-market strategy to realize that potential, right? What role does marketing, sales, and tele have kind of each one of those demand units across the demand map. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with a little more from uh, Terry Flaherty, Karen Cunningham, Serious Decisions. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Building a sales development competency is critical to lasting revenue growth. Learn how to grow your business and register for the Modern Marketers Workshop, Sales Development, the Essential Building Blocks for Revenue Growth a fully online interactive workshop on June 6th and 7th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific. You'll learn how to build a scalable, united sales and marketing engine to lead your organization toward your revenue objectives. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and register today. All right, let's pick it back up with... Uh Matt, who is also, I don't know whether you know this, but he's actually Johnny Depp's better-looking younger brother here. But uh. <laughs> none, none of those things. <laughs> uh, but, but thanks for trying. I appreciate that. Well, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us back here at Sales Pipeline Radio. If you like our conversation with Terry and Carrie from Serious Decisions, want to share some of this with your team, if you're thinking about the demand unit waterfall, definitely encourage you to check that out at SeriousDecisions.com. We'll have links to the new waterfall on our site in our show notes, and you can definitely get a replay of this entire episode on salespipelineradio.com, and it will be up on our podcast here shortly. De- definitely check us out in the next few weeks. We've got some great guests coming up. We've got Daniel Gogger, who's the CMO at, Pipe, at uh, PFL. We're going to be talking about omni-channel marketing, tactile marketing. We've got some great conversations coming up. 
Uh, Martin Lindstrom is joining us later in June on neuromarketing and why he thinks that's the next big buzzword in B2B. Boy, if we had more time, I think we could go there, go deep on neuromarketing, AI, and all kinds of weird stuff with uh, Terry and Carrie today. And then we'll talk we'll talking about conversational sales presentations uh, with Nadia Gaussi from Prezi and talking about why conversational sales presentations beat linear sales presentations every day of the week. Well, let's wrap up here with a few more minutes with uh, Terry Flaherty and Carrie Cunningham, senior analysts from Serious Decisions who debuted the new demand unit waterfall at the Serious Decisions Summit just a couple weeks ago. And I know there's been a lot of a lot of feedback on the new waterfall, uh, you know, from demand gen report and from people. It hasn't all it hasn't all been positive. It hasn't all been smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, not everyone's excited about change and you know changing something different gives the people opportunity to play armchair quarterback. I guess my my when I look at that I think, well, you know, uh, you know, doing demand gen and doing B2B demand gen is difficult. Uh, and, uh, you know, coming up with sort of a single way of defining that for everybody is quite difficult. I think, you know, you got to come up with some kind of a standard. But, you know, how have you guys seen reaction to the waterfall? What are some of the points of feedback you've heard in the last couple of weeks? And how has that even sort of helped you sort of redefine or rethink or even sort of hone your thinking around the waterfall operationally? Mm-hmm. That's a, a great question. It's always a lot of fun to uh, put these things out there in the marketplace and, and see how people respond to them. I think the responses that we've seen are largely positive, absolutely uh, some critiques that oftentimes are, are quite valid that address particular situations. Uh, you know, for instance, how do, I, how do I do this? What if this happens? How are we going to do that? How do you account for this situation? Um, and there's plenty of those situations that we think um, we're going to be continuing to work uh, with our clients on developing solutions for. One of the things I think is really critical about this uh, implementation of the uh, demand unit waterfall is that a lot of the things that people are concerned about with it, for instance, do I have a good measurement of my addressable market? Do I have a way of getting a good measurement of the active demand stage, which uh, demand units are actually in market? How do I uh, link contacts and leads to those demand units at the top of the waterfall. Those are questions that people are asking us. They're they're great questions. There are a variety of different answers, but people aren't doing them today for the most part. And so those questions cause people concern. One of the things that I think is really great about this, though, is that if you get if you start down the road of solving for those questions in your organization, if you haven't done them yet, even if you don't get to all the way to the full implementation of the demand unit waterfall this year, you'll still make a lot of progress in improving your organization's performance if you answer one or two or three or four of those questions. Uh, so it's not a situation where you have to implement the entire demand unit waterfall tomorrow in order to take advantage of what's in it. Right? Just getting started, making sure that you as an organization agree what your target market looks like, Um, both in you understand what a demand unit is and how many of them there are. If you get aligned on that, if you're not today, that's going to be a a big boon for you. Um, If you figure out how to identify which demand units are likely to be in market today and agree on that across marketing and sales, that's a huge advantage, even if you don't yet have a stage for that in your waterfall. So we want everybody to adopt the demand unit waterfall, but we also think just taking the steps that are necessary to do it are all going to be helpful in and of themselves. 
Well, the conversations around that internally are enormous, right? I mean, and whether or not you fully implement this next week, next month, next year, uh, just simply thinking about demand as not marketing versus sales, not leads versus opportunities, how does this integrate with the sales organization, um, that conversation internally is going to generate uh, improvement. Um, you know, one of the, I think when I wrote a blog post on this, I mean, my one big caveat on the demand waterfall is that it's, I love the simplicity, but it's not that simple. Right, but I think the, the details after the simplicity is part of what's going to make it work particularly well in right. every organization. I mean, every company is a little different. Yep. What they're selling, their environments, the internal culture that they're selling within, uh, that's all going to be slightly different. So I think as a look, this isn't a detailed step-by-step framework, and it's something it's meant to be. But as a guideline for how to rethink and reapproach uh, your sales and marketing overall, and how to approach integration of sales and marketing to more efficiently go after the market to then be customized to your business. Uh, I, I think that's the way I tend to look at that. Is that yeah. is that the approach work? One hundred percent. Yeah, that, that's spot on. Um, and again, you know, Terry and I uh, and the rest of our colleagues, a lot of us have worked on this for quite a while. We want everybody to do this, but we know that that's not realistic today. And it may not even be the best thing for everybody today. But just as you said, getting down the road toward answering these questions in your organization and getting really good answers, that's going to make a huge difference. And that's what we want people to start doing right away. Well, guys, I know we're running out of time here. Really appreciate, you know, I know you guys are crazy busy. It's just, it's just a couple of weeks out of off, off, off of Summit. So you're either sort of running around helping people sort of interpret this or maybe you're calling in from a beach, finally getting a chance to relax. So either way, really appreciate your time today. I've been giving people uh, sort of just seriousdecisions.com as a place to go learn more. But where else do you recommend people go to check out more detail on the Demand Unit Waterfall? Well, I think, um, I think seriousdecisions.com is the, is the best place to do it, and we're going to be uh, publishing a, uh, uh, an FAQ blog post soon uh, that will answer a lot of questions that uh, we know that people have about that. Terry, do you have other thoughts? No, I, I agree. I think seriousdecisions.com is a, is a great point for all things waterfall. Awesome. Well, thanks again very much to our guests, Terry Flaherty and Carrie Cunningham from Serious Decisions talking about Demand Unit Waterfall today. If you want to learn more about uh, the Demand Unit Waterfall, definitely SeriousDecisions.com, S-I-R-I-U-S, Decisions.com. If you want a replay of our presentation today, our discussion with Carrie and Terry, definitely check out SalesPipelineRadio.com. Catch us on our podcast at the iTunes Store and Google Play, and it will have a, a transcripted uh, summary of this conversation on our blog at HeinzMarketing.com in about a week. Make sure you join us every week, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. We've got a lot of great guests, great conversations on B2B sales and marketing coming up over the next few weeks. We're out of time today for my wonderful producer, Paul, my creative producer, Paul. This is Matt Hines. Thanks very much for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing as he checks out the latest and greatest waves in the sales pipeline. Right here on the Funnel Radio Channel, Rattler, worth listening like you.